to uh, you and I for the Kenai. We're here with uh, Renee and Ashley at the Lee Shore Center, just sitting alongside uh, some you and I for the Kenai peeps, uh, Aaron and Kobe again. And we're here to talk about a few things um, to continue with uh, long-term supports that the Lee Shore Center offers. I believe some of the first uh, part we'll discuss the transitional living. Renee or Ashley, if you guys could kind of kind of tell us a little bit about transitional living. You know, um, I saw that there's some that are communal and some that are like one part that's a communal living setup, one part that's an independent living setup kind of what's offered in the transitional living and how one might get access to those services and resources? Certainly. So the transitional living center is in two components, like you said. We have what is essentially a modified duplex, which can house 12 people on average. Uh, So it's been split into two portions. There's two kitchens, two living rooms, two sets of living area. And it is designed for women and children who don't have the same kind of safety concerns that those in the emergency shelter would have and are looking to transition into more long-term stable housing. So that's the goal. This is a communal setup, right, it sounds like? The yeah, so it is, com- it is communal living. Which so you said women and their children? Mm-hmm. So is there kind of like a basic... So, like, mom and, like, a couple kids, mom and a few kids? Is there an age limit on kids? What's, uh... Typically, I mean, eighteen or okay. So children, legal, yes. legal children, legal children. Basic. Okay. Um, okay. If for whatever reason a mother and adult daughter need to come in, then we probably wouldn't put them in the family room. We would probably assign them a different. Probably both to the emergency living or something. Well, no, because they don't have necessarily security issues. Okay. Okay. Um, so the way it's broken down is there are six bedrooms, three on each side, one bedroom on each side is slightly larger. Those are the family rooms. Those are the ones for moms with kids. Then the other two rooms on each side have beds for two people. So two people per each of the other rooms and then the family rooms for the for the families. So it is a uh, easy process if someone is in need of housing um, and looking to get on into TLC, you can call up and do the intake process over the phone. There is typically a wait list, so I always encourage people to call right away and to get on that wait list, and then they just check in every so often to see how it's going. Single spaces open up a lot sooner than families, because there's only two rooms versus, you know, four of the others. Okay. Uh, Attached... On the same piece of property in a different building is what we call the independent living center and that is an apartment complex and it has three one-bedroom apartments so if you come into TLC you may not have anything you may have no source of income you don't have a job you may be trying to finish school whatever it is that your goals are once you've kind of gotten your foot in the door and maybe you have some kind of income and you want to start building up a renters history that's when you will become eligible to possibly move into one of the apartment complexes, if you so desire. And then you, it's a very minimal fee. 30% is the HUD guideline. And of your income? Of your income. Okay. Whatever that happens right. to be. Mm-hmm. $10 or $10,000. Yeah, if you're making $100 you know, a week at Safeway, then... 30 bucks. Then it's 30 bucks. Yeah. 
and then they can build up a renter's history. So then cool. when we go forth to apply for somewhere else, we can say yes, and they've been very consistent and, you know, and be able to provide that reference to yeah. them. So that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, last year, we had a calendar year, 2017, because we don't quite have the data just yet for 2018. Sure, sure. Uh, 5,875 bed nights for 31 residents, uh, 21 women and 10 children. They can stay up to two years, so okay. it's not nearly the highest numbers like we get here in the emergency shelter where they stay a lot shorter right, time period. Right. But yeah, we are definitely trying to encourage them and give them the skills to get a place and be able to keep it and be sustainable and successful. Mm -hmm. So, and even once they, I think it's really cool that they have two years to kind of get themselves, you know, get a foundation mm -hmm. under yeah. them. Um, but it's really cool that they continue that support about six months out. So even after they leave oh, Transitional okay. Living Center, they still have the support. They can still come to groups. They still have kind of all of the um, same programs and services that they had while they were in Transitional Living Center. Because not, as you can see, it's independent living center is limited. There's only a certain amount of units. So our Three, whole, right? Three right. one-bedroom So we can't yeah. always get our ladies coming out of Transitional Living into independent living. Sure. So, But it's nice that they still have that ongoing support. Can you be in Transitional for two years as well? Or what? what is the time on that? Tw up to 24 months. Okay, okay. In yeah. both? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Not just independent, right. but in the... Right, in total. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, between the two. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so oh, right. Okay. Whether yeah. You, yeah. All, and is it mostly can. families that are going to get the preference to go to the independent living over like an individual? Or I don't that believe there's. Yeah, I think that would vary okay. as well. I a mean, it is really space. designed sure. for really women and their children. Right. Um, but you know, generally there are children involved, and right. It actually kind of kind of turns into a three-step phase because a lot of times gals who have been here in the emergency shelter because of the risk factor and we get that reduced they transition over to transitional living okay. center and then possibly into independent living sure. so what i think is really cool about that is they get supportive services for a long period really long, of time yeah. Yeah. so what when you say they get can have these services you know up to six months in general following being in transitional living what are some of those services so they do groups, healthy okay. relationship groups, parenting skill groups. Cool. Um, they are a plethora of uh, resources as yeah. well. So yeah. if they're struggling to find something that they're needing, they can always go back to Tea House and work with an advocate to identify where they can get that help at. It's about skill building because the yeah. more skills we have, the more confidence we have mm -hmm. that we can um, get things done or do mm -hmm. the right thing. And so, you know, right down to budgeting. Uh, mm -hmm. Learning to shop, making meals, scheduling yeah. your day, you know, when you're a mom and you've got a few kids and you got to get ready. And so, you know, kind of teaching you those life skills because we can get overwhelmed just by that. Yeah. Sometimes oh, when yeah. we've already been in trauma. Yeah. So, okay. And I think it, what's really cool is, for lack of a better term, I guess, <laughs> is that it's almost a one-stop shop for services. Um, you know, you go and you can get at, at uh, the Lee Shore Center. You can get such a, like a wide variety of skills or and resources to like learn how to you know kind of as you said enter the community um, and be sustainable. I took a health psychology class a couple of years ago, and one of uh, we had to write like a kind of a mock like research idea. And what I was like for community the stuff and. I was, I was like, gosh, what am I going to write about? And I had no idea. And then I was just like, you know, I was doing supervised visitation for, like, the child welfare system for OCS. And 
I was like, you know, the parents that I see, like, kind of, and, you know, I see them, I think, more than most people, you know, a few days a week. And I was, the parents that are having the most success in my, kind of what I'm seeing, are the ones that are in treatment. But it wasn't because they were, like, getting clean. I was watching, I mean, that was a major de- sure. deal. But I was watching other parents get clean, too, but not be in treatment, you know. I mean, you can kind of tell. I mean, sometimes you can't, sometimes you can, you know. But I was, so I'd watched these two, like, different parents getting clean. And the one that was in treatment, they were learning more than, like, just being clean. They were learning how to shop, how to cook, you know, how to do, or just not necessarily those specifics. But they were learning so many, such a wide variety of life skills. And I was like, what if we had, like, a program that taught, like, all these skills, but you didn't necessarily have to pay ten plus thousand dollars in a treatment center? Or necessarily even be, you know, because that's a very time and resource demanding, you know. But so anyway, kind of a tangent. It's just cool to be able to see all these different wide variety of resources being offered. Because they all ultimately, when it comes, I think, to functioning in society, really do matter. You know, you can't, like, just be clean but not know how to, like, have a job and pay rent, you know, and all these other things. But you also, you know, they kind of all go hand in hand. You well, need and many times they fall to the, because that's the easier thing right. to do. It becomes way too overwhelming. And so we have to learn to manage that stress to keep us from relapse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we so you gotta, really yeah, well. you probably teach like healthy relationships and like stress management. And I think those groups are probably a tool for stress management, like in themselves, you know. So it seems like it all starts to overlap into creating what can be like successful individuals and families. Well, and I think, too, self-care is really important a lot of times. And and I think everyone at the table can say we don't always think of ourselves. I think it's really important to take care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. to have some goals that we can look forward to. And that's, you know, what advocates do with people is help them set some, you know, short-term, some long-term goals that they can can meet. We need to be achieving, looking to something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's just looking into the future. And we know that, you know, domestic violence, sexual assault is one of the leading causes uh, for homelessness for our children and our women. So. So with the uh, Transitional Living Center, do you guys have more issues with having too many people already into the, the, what is it? Independent living? Yeah, yeah. So is it more of a space issue or is it development issue? Like, you know, people aren't ready for that sort of thing, so you have open slots. Space. Space. Okay, so that is a huge issue. Yes. Generally, in this community, we do not have enough beds for all the people who need them um, yeah. across the board. And I think like that I said, spans there's, Alaska. There's typically yeah. a wait list. Probably the U.S. That's yeah. why in I always encourage people to call right away if they... Wow think that they might be in a situation where they may end up homeless mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. because it can be a process. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, especially with winters how it is now. I mean, if you're out there, it's cold. In that yeah. last snap. Yeah. I mean, you walk outside and we have fast. Homeless Connect coming up, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, how in the world? I mean, I can't be out here even five minutes. I'm yeah. so cold. And another, uh, another service that's kind of in the long-term support is child care assistance. Yeah. And that, I, I believe, is a major need. Well, child care is an intricate part of success in a family. Yeah. It really is. Because our kids need to be in a safe place with safe people in order for us to feel good about going to work and, and focusing on what we're doing there instead of worrying about perhaps where our children are. Child care assistance, it's really a subsidy-driven uh, program, so based on a family's size and gross countable income. They're assigned this monthly, what they call a copay. And so, you know, based on that, they can pay $100 a month. They can pay up to $500 a month based on their income. And 
for years and years with that program, it was based on a percentage of their income that they were having them pay towards their childcare. So based on what your childcare bill was, you were paying kind of these odd amounts. So when they switched to this kind of co-pay subsidy level, I thought that was great for families because we're trying to budget. I'm getting this much money a month, and so I, now I know I'm going to pay $150 a month for my child care, and I can budget for that. Um, child care assistance, I mean, families that are working, um, if they're self-employed, going to school. Uh, for years, they covered a small amount of um, time for a parent to go look for gainful employment. And just in the last two years, they've eliminated that from the program. So if you're not working, you're not eligible, you know, we're going to help you go look for work, which is disappointing with the level of unemployment that we have mm -hmm. going on, that, that families need to look for work. But uh, yeah, this particular office, Lee Shore Center, it's a grant through the Department of Health and Social Services. And for years, that program was run by about 13 grantees statewide. And in the last six years, they regionalized. So they took 13 programs and made them five. So what happened is the region that Lee Shore serves is from Kodiak to Nome. Wow. And everything in between. Um, and so they're charged with the registration of child care providers working very closely with licensing um, I wanted to make another point. Was that like a result of cut funding or just, you know, trying to get people equally yoked for as far as, uh, you know, the burden of... I think it was probably oh, financially driven at the state level, right. maybe even at the federal level. Uh, yeah. And then what we noticed uh, with the Child Care Assistance Program is that more focus started going towards resource and referral. So towards our teachers that are out there in the field in early childhood development and helping families learn about identifying quality childcare. Uh, so we saw a shift in the way the funding was actually being uh, shipped out of the state. Mm. But I mean, it's, it's a fabulous program. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, Lee Shore's done a great job in serving such a large region. Mm, definitely. And then knowing that, you know, it isn't a service that's specific to our victims. Mm -hmm. Although we're so glad. And when I worked for that particular program, we got to work with them on the other end of everything. Now they're starting to work or they're going back to school. And yeah. so that was kind of where we fit into the scheme of things over at Child Care mm -hmm. Assistance. Um, but yeah, we serve the entire community with child care assistance so you'll notice that it's not housed here mm -hmm. because we serve the entire population wow so. i think it's really great that between the two services you really get it you get to see a possibility for a lot of overlap there you know i'm thinking of a situation where maybe a victim comes in and doesn't have a job so they don't quite qualify for child care assistance yet but as they work through the programs, you know, they get a job while they're in tea house, you know, and then they get getting ready to go to independent living. Then when they're getting out, they still don't have to worry about, you know, where their kids are going because now they can qualify for child care assistance because they've gotten a job since they've been in here. And they've been learning these life skills so that when they get out, they're really fully prepared to take this whole thing on, which is a, being a parent in general. It's just such an overwhelming task. Well, and put it in the context of the children as well, because they're mm -hmm. getting good quality, consistent care. A lot of times children that have been in these domestic violence situations live in kind of trauma all the time. Yeah. And so to get into a child care facility where they can actually be children and they feel supported by that adult that's caring for them. And so it can start significantly changing a child 
uh, and the way they're feeling. So I think overall it's just really critical for the community to understand that child care providers contribute to the overall health of your community. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want, families are healthier when they're working right and self-sustaining and child care providers are the ones that help that happen for families. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you can tell, but they're one of my most favorite people in the community. Yeah. How do how do people get some of these resources? Like, how would a family go about getting this child care assistance? Do they contact the Lee Shore Center? Is that, I mean, what, does, multiple, that, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, there's multiple ways. Are they actually, there's toll-free numbers, so you can call from anywhere in the state um, and talk to child care assistants. They'll fax you, send you, however you, they'll take pictures on a cell phone and text you an application. They are on our website. We use the same state application. It's across the state, so they can even go to the state application. We keep applications here. We keep applications over at Tea House so that families here know that that's available. And the cool thing about child care assistance is it's not all time consuming. So you don't even have to go to the office. You can fax in your application, read it carefully, make sure you've provided all the supporting document um, documents that you're going to need. They're going to call you on the phone, schedule an interview. They're going to want to interview you via phone unless you'd like to come in. Now, someone in Kodiak or Nome is not going to be able to come into the mm-hmm. office, so it's not a requirement that you sit down one-on-one. So it's a telephone interview that can take 30 to 45 minutes tops, and then you roll out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm – just wrap my mind around it. So is this – are you guys – is Lee Shore assisting, like, with the financial end of things – for people to get childcare from like other childcare providers, Lee Shore itself isn't running like a childcare program, right? No, it's, we're it's financial, like you said, subsidizing some of that. Right. Okay, okay, just trying to administering totally the grant, not, like the yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really yeah. That's that seems. And we want to make it very accessible and very mm-hmm. easy. So mm-hmm. you know, certainly if people are out in our community and having any difficulties, we want to know. Yeah. Because it's it's key that they be able to get information in there and then get the child care coverage and you're talking about you know they finally go to work mm-hmm. well if they'll get that application in there the ladies over at that office will get you rolled out so that you can have your child into care when you start working yeah if, if yeah. things play out correctly yeah oh, like you said it's such like an integral part to like a successfully functioning like happy family so to speak i know uh when i was a couple semesters this woman I went to school with she uh we were like in the middle of a fall semester and we were talking about spring and she goes well I don't know and she's like 4.0 student super good student gonna like go to med school or something and she was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go like next semester my childcare application is like getting questioned or something like that you know I mean it was just she was having issues with mm-hmm. her child care application and some of that assistance that went along with that and whether like and having childcare versus not having childcare was the difference would be the difference between going to school full time and pursuing a very good degree mm-hmm. or not going to school right. you know so it's just so important well and it is a you know state subsidy program so there are requirements that right, you have to right. meet and forms that you have to provide and mm-hmm. and that sometimes can be the biggest struggle i do know with that office here in kenai that they're going to help you the best they can and i know that we've been known at times to go to the state and say these aren't available is this going to meet that need and sometimes sure. it will and sometimes it won't right. so you know, certainly we want the community to know if you're struggling with any piece of that to please circle back and talk to staff and see if there's some other way around it. You guys definitely seem to be willing to uh, 
kind of go out of your way for people to try to get them help and assistance. And it's really cool to see that, that you're willing to kind of hunt down some of these resources to help people out. And so you mentioned that Child Care Assistance has an office in Kenai? Yeah, we do. It's located at 601 Frontage Road. It's the Seaman Building. It's a building that's kind of a historical mark in Kenai. It's upstairs in Suite 204. And people can just walk in and kind of get help from there? Absolutely, and they do uh, house applications in different forms in the hallway. So if you were on your way to work, the building will be open, but the the office door may not be, so you can pick those forms up and fax them in. Their uh, local number is 283-4707. And is is there a website that people can look into the details of the Child Care Assistance Program more? Yeah, they can visit the Leashore Center's website, and okay. there is a uh, under our services is childcare assistance. Okay, and they can and they house their applications and their forms there as well, and gives a okay. little more information about the requirements for the program. Okay, so between the website, the Seaman Building, the office in the Seaman Building, you can probably figure out kind of pretty quickly kind of what you need to do to to get some of the into some of those resources. And if you have any questions, just give them a call and they okay. will make sure you're on the right track. One of the other cool things, I don't think we've talked about this, is uh, Thread, which is our uh, Alaska Resource and Referral Agency for Families and Child Care Providers, has a worker housed in that office with them. So it's very helpful to child care providers in our community. Uh, she provides a lot of training, and, and there's funding for them to go to training. Thread pr- provides that. And then families can go in there for kind of a, a referral, kind of show what their needs are. I, I work nights, or I work weekends, sure. or, you know, and I need child care during these times, and they can help them do a search that's going to meet their, their needs. Okay. Um, so as far as uh, long-term supports, today we've discussed uh, transitional living, uh, the communal and the independent we discuss child care assistance, you know, between the office at the Seaman Building as well as uh, Leaf Shore websites. Uh, there's a link there. Let's kind of close out the, some of the long-term supports here that the Leaf Shore offers. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and tell us all about that. I'm sure we'll be chatting again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.